Mike and Greg sat down to go over what we could expect from the 2015-2016 versus the 2019-2020 crop season. We really wanted to dig in about the yield demand, heading into harvest, and really finding out where these prices could potentially end up going into next year. We hope you enjoy it. Well, it's uh, it's WASD week, Mike, and we've got ourselves what looks to be a bullish setup for this uh, for this report after last week's stocks report. Um, we need to kind of talk about uh, where these where these markets can go, and you know, I think there are some similarities to uh, to other years that we probably should be talking about, which should caution some some of our clients and some of our listeners from getting too bullish on these markets um what what are you seeing out there it has been my viewpoint ever since our last was report that this year is very similar to that 15 16 crop year you had the september was with that outside day higher and you had yields very similar i mean on this october was back then they were sitting at a 168 when the report came out. Right now we're dealing with a 168.2. We have a production this year right now that we're dealing with of a 13.799. That year we were at 13.555. Our export demand was not great to begin that year either. So it's very similar. And then you also have the charts that are sitting very similar. That year you had the outside day higher in the September WASD. You topped that market for the fall on the 7th of October, which was two days before that WASD report. That WASD report was on October 9th. We have October 8th, two days before the WASD report, where we made some pretty good highs. We ran up there. We broke through that gap fill that we had the other day and kept marching higher. And can we see the follow-through on Wednesday the following? And what will this WASD report give us? Is it going to give us everything we've been looking for? Everyone's expecting this to be all bullish. We're expecting to see yield cut. We're expecting to see harvest acres revised. Ending stocks will be down because of that uh, that stocks report uh, at the end of September. Um, so, I mean, theoretically, where can we take this price? I mean, are we are we talking about going back to contract lows, taking out the contract lows? We very well could. I mean, if we get a 1.9 carryout, we see this thing leak out. We don't see much change on this WISE report. 2015, 16, we did revisit those lows come November 10th, I want to say. And to see that happen again, well, we see how easily we can move this market month to month. We could see it leak back down there. I know there's a, uh, on the continuous chart from switching contract months, you got a gap down there that would be filled at 358.5. So, Theoretically, we could go down there if we don't see any kind of huge takeout. I mean, Allendale's numbers, we're working with a, a little over 1.9 carryout for this next report. That's not that's not bullish. No, it's not. Uh, now, when you looked when you looked at this data, did you go all the way out to as far as, say, the, the January reports uh, uh, from 15-16 and – uh, where do we where do we go beyond that? Let's say we we go into uh, December expiration and we start looking to those final numbers. Um, does it track uh, as you move into the to the March contract as your as your main uh, trading contract? Yeah. So around the beginning of the following year, when we came into sixteen, 
we did run it up from the January contract into that March time frame before falling back into April. After April, we had a very sharp rally in the May to June time frame capping out during the early part of June. I think it was June 13th, 14th, sometime in that time frame. And we did make a pretty impressive run there. And realistically, if we see things improve down south in South America and we don't see anything really change until the January WASD report, we don't see any big changes till then, I think that's a pretty good roadmap to be dealing with at this point because we get further and further down the road, say, into that May-June time frame, and we do have a short crop now, we'll really be feeling effects then. Mm-hmm. So that's when our crop will start to be dwindling and we'll be needing it more and more. Now, are we in the corn? Are we seeing uh, obviously the demand is substantially lower mm-hmm. than it than it should be and substantially lower than where it was last year. I think uh, at this point we're we're half or less than half uh, booked or or even shipped compared to the way we were last year at this time for for corn. Now what um, what did we have going on in fifteen sixteen that we were just that slow uh, of a start to the marketing year? Or you know, do we have anything that can pinpoint uh, a similarity there? Yeah. So I mean, we weren't as slow as this year in fifteen sixteen, but we did start off very slow to the year that year. The demand really didn't pick up until that later spring summer time frame. Mm-hmm. So we we were slacking on the demand, and after actually that large run up, we ran this down close to that three dollar mark. I think it was three eighteen. Mm-hmm. So it might be something that we're taking a while. And I mean, we just signed the deal with Japan, uh, the limited deal with Japan. We still have the USMCA still being worked be on. Ratified, yeah. So we still have those out in the air. They might be finalized. They might get done, but mm-hmm. that would be what we're really looking for for demand is getting these deals actually struck and finalized. Now, does this uh, does this track for, for beans as well? Beans is a lot more difficult. I've been trying to find some patterns for beans, uh, but, I mean, the biggest thing with beans this last year and a half is the China variable. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to find any kind of – solidified pattern. I mean, you could talk about before this year, you could talk about commercials and how they were at reacting because there was a pattern showing up there. But it's it's really just thrown a huge outlier into this bean market. Well, it seems like with the beans, uh, and, you know, if we take out, uh, you know, other years, it's trying to, trying to come up with something that's similar. It seems like the market wants to fight higher, but it's – and it, and it is fighting higher, but we still run into this demand issue as a as an issue. So uh, supply is is coming down. Mm-hmm. We're back to you know I think estimates have us back to about five hundred and twenty to five hundred and fifty million uh, bushel ending stocks for uh, for this next report on Thursday. Um, and obviously, we know that's not bullish. But it looks a lot better than the billion we were at uh, just a couple of months ago. But where, I mean, where do where do we take this if we don't get a deal done with China? Which I don't, I don't think either of us think we're getting a deal done. I don't think there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that are uh, feeling like this is not going to get done. So mm-hmm. where where can we take this uh, this bean market 
if these numbers continue to work, but the the demand still doesn't uh, come back around. Yeah, so the first thing we have to do is get through this 930 downtrend line. That's our long-term downtrend line. It's probably going to be pretty difficult to get through, and something else to be monitoring is that Nova 20 contract. Mm -hmm. You got that sitting just around 970 right now, and last year after that G20 summit, beans topped out at 971, and that was our high. Never broke it, never even retested it. Right. So you need to be paying attention to that. We we need to be seeing this supply continue to take care of itself and keep coming down because it's definitely more bullish than a billion bushel carryout, but it's still not bullish like the two fifty that we used to be no, used to be normal. Right. So can we see this higher? Yes. Will we? I don't know. I think that we got a lot of questions coming up here with this WASD report. A lot of questions about this snow and everything that's coming through the north. Is it going to be a bad thing, or is it exactly what we need in order to make fields more solid to get out there and start harvesting more? It's going to be a lot of questions there, as well as is the China variable that strong that if we don't get it, just psychologically we push these beans lower again? Cause well, we, that that is what it seems. It seems like that psychological um, support is is just going to be pulled out from underneath us if – if a deal is not done with China this time. And I think we kind of feel that way every time we come to the table. It does sound like, and I think I said this on the last report or or last podcast or the the one before, it does sound like they're more serious about getting a deal done. We're more serious about getting a deal done. But we still have these, you know, these – these ideas that they have to make all these concessions that they're not willing to make. So it kind of feels like we're at a crossroads that if something's not done this time, we're probably going into 2020 without a deal. And maybe this will be the last chance we get until December or January to, to even talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're pretty on point there. I mean, we're going to need to see a deal done. Otherwise, we're probably going to go back into the next time frame. We'll probably be March, just like last year. Uh, and China's just not one to bow down. Right now, it seems like, at least from my perspective, they're just looking to cover their cover whatever they need for the Brazil crop. Mm-hmm. And they have they have a lot of crop that they just bought for very cheap that they didn't tariff themselves on. Right. So did they just cover what they needed? And now they're saying, well. We don't need all this, and especially with it ramping up with uh, negative talks towards the NBA based on comments about Hong Kong. You have China not too happy about these companies being, quote-unquote, blacklisted. And then you have these comments that China doesn't want us to change them. They're fine how they are, and they don't need us to come in and do anything. And, I mean, it's textbook art of war from China. Mm -hmm. They get what they want, and they continue to just – beat their opponent to submission, and it doesn't matter how much pain they're going to endure, they're going to stick to their guns. So I think right now it was just a show to get what they need, and now that they have what they need, from my perspective, I I think they're done. I I don't think they're really going to be doing much. I think they're sending over a larger delegation to make it look like they're trying so that when they go back and like, well, we tried. The U.S. just wouldn't come to the table and make these concessions. They weren't going to negotiate in – good standings. 
So then we get back to not seeing the daily or weekly uh, buying from from them for soybeans, and and even uh, the pork numbers uh, come down again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it just seems like we're in this vicious cycle that it's like, okay, we're going to get a deal done, and then yeah, it just didn't work out. Right. So, uh, you know, I guess at this point, the the best thing we can do is look at, you know, as we talk to our customers and. It, Look at what you've got out there and what what you're going to uh, to be harvesting here soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And we look at these numbers and say, okay, well, this is the best we've been in three months, six months, whatever it is. I mean, like you said, nine seventy one. We're still fifty cents away from that, and here it is, ten months later. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point it's it's okay. We've had a we have had a rally off the lows. The lows I think came in what day like eight fourteen something like that. Mm-hmm. We're now sitting roughly nine twenty nine twenty five. So take what you've been given, make some make some cash sales, and and you know if if you're bound to determine to to put it in the bin, look at the downside and say okay well if I buy this put. That gives me coverage from here all the way down to wherever the beans want to stop. If it goes down, mm-hmm. if it continues to go up, I can make cash sales. But if you if you do make those cash sales, put the what if uh, call or call spread out there and say, eh, well, maybe I get a chance to to collect if it does continue to go up. But I think the the inaction at this point is the wrong action. Right. You know, if you're not taking any kind of action, you're just watching, you're doing your farm, your operation a disservice. Mm-hmm. And something else also needs to be monitored is what the carry's telling you. You got this bean carry going to January right now at 64, 65% full commercial carry. That's not bullish. Mm-hmm. So monitor those carry spreads, see what you're dealing with, and see what the market's telling you. There are signals out there that aren't always closely monitored, and it just kind of goes to the wayside when you have these big china deals or there's a snow coming in the crop is just not going to be there but well let's talk about this real quick and before we before we sign off for the week you're talking about carry now mm-hmm. let's let's explain what uh, what it is you're looking at uh when it comes to the carry where where is the carry at right now what what is full carry on on say corn and beans so right now i know they just changed the carry for corn i think what would they change it to eight cents a I, month yeah, I, was it eight cents? I thought it was seven or eight. Oh, that's fine. Well, yeah, Something along the lines. Let's call it eight. So what I'm paying attention to is the percent of full carry. Anything over 65% should be monitored as a bearish indicator. That's saying that the market doesn't see any need for corn or beans or whatever that carry is at this time, and they're incentivizing you to hold it. So you see these carries above 65% look to be taking advantage of the carry, especially if you have on-site storage. Don't I wouldn't be looking to do this if you're doing it commercially. Yeah, yeah don't pay for storage. Right. Don't pay all that money to throw it in the elevator and, I mean, what, 20 cents out to December, and there's still no guarantee that it's going higher from here. Right. So if you have on-site storage, if you got it on your farm, look to be rolling these contracts out, collecting more carry on that crop. If you're gonna, If you have the capacity to hold it mm-hmm. but as opposed to beans that are sitting at about 64 65 percent carry you got corn sitting at 35 percent and that's not that's not entirely bearish it's right. showing that w- we do need corn 
You still have elevators, ethanol plants looking for it now, which is why the base is staying relatively narrow. Right. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap things up here. Let's uh, let's get one uh, one prediction from you. Um, I think the average guess for corn ending stocks on this uh, on this report on Thursday is one point eight seven four one point eight nine six billion bushels. What's your what's your guess? I'm gonna go with one point nine. Okay. I'm gonna go one point nine five six. Okay. So you're expecting this to be I nice and bearish. I <laughs> As as people say, you know, I just want the USDA to let me down one more time. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, this week from Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung, Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.